everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on episode 4 of Our World. Today, we have Andrea Cabrera, student of broadcast journalism and digital media, joining us from BYU. As she helps us dissect topics such as the differences of culture within a nation, the social dynamic of mask wearing paired with the recent election, and how all of it has a hand in helping us better understand how to help mask wearing become a cultural norm for America. Happy listening. Happy doing. Hello, my name is Andrea Cabrera. Uh, I am a current BYU student right now in my senior year studying communication, specifically broadcast journalism, digital media. I've had quite some experience um, and exposure to all of the craziness that's been happening this year, this historic year of 2020 uh, with uh, protests and with masks and just this election that just happened. That's the natural, uh, natural, state of what journalists do right they cover these topics and issues mm-hmm. and um, i was actually out in dc a few weeks ago for the election for a personal i call it passion project because it was not for school and it was non-pay <laughs> but it was this, oh um, wow yeah okay. it was a passion project where another colleague of mine a really good friend of mine as well also a journalist at byu we really wanted to cover the topic of the election as professional journalists and we thought what better environment to do that in than in dc during this crazy year and this crazy election and when we were over there well i've got to say it's quite different than what it is here in utah the environment is very different and because of that as well i saw a drastic difference between uh, how people are responding to the pandemic and mask wearing in the east versus utah so very interesting perspectives and i'm really excited to get to share some of that with you today awesome well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today um super stoked that you were willing to do so and um i i to be honest when i invited you on the podcast i didn't think that we would be that would be a part of our discussion i didn't think we'd get to discuss the difference in culture and just you know the u.s itself Mm -hmm. and their response to uh, mask wearing so would you be willing to elaborate yeah of course and i think even what you said right there was so interesting you said the difference in culture within the united states because i do think that i mean the united states has its culture on its own but it also varies state to state because because each state has its own type of um, type of views towards politics and views towards just about anything that's happening during this year whether it be those protests or anything else and something that I thought was really interesting was well as a student here in Utah right now um, Utah we know is very conservative and we know that our numbers for the pandemic have just skyrocketed and even just today we've reached over 4,000 cases of confirmed coronavirus cases in Utah just today Um, and Mm -hmm. knowing and seeing those numbers and how we've just shot straight up is really concerning um, to a lot of those uh, officials here in in Utah right now and the governor Herbert trying to do all these things and and whatnot and I thought it was really interesting because right before those numbers skyrocketed that's when the election happened and that's when I was in DC and right as I landed in DC I noticed a huge difference because we got off the airplane and we got into the airport and everybody was wearing a mask everybody was social distancing and everybody that was working in the airport and not just in the airport i saw this 
anywhere that I went to when I was there. I even stopped by some of the Smithsonian African American History Museums, and I -hmm. saw this enforcement of just like people. Uh, it was a, it wasn't even like people forcing each other to follow the rules. It was just like a kind gesture, reminding people, "Hey, please, sir, remember to stay six feet apart." And it was just kind of like so different than what the environment is here in Utah. I feel like in Utah, I don't know about you, Sayah, but in Utah, it definitely feels like, man, people are just trying to like force others to wear those masks. And naturally, you feel mm-hmm. that resistance of people saying, "Well, what if I don't want to?" Right? And I feel like. Yeah, right. Yeah. Here in Utah is the person that's trying to enforce mask wearing or social distancing, and it's the complete opposite when I was over in Washington D.C. So very interesting mm-hmm. things to think about there. And that that is very interesting, especially because you know Washington, uh, it's just a far more densely populated right. city as well, and uh, it, you know it's one of those metropolitan cities in the United States where I suppose, oh, I, I don't even know. I I, I, th- I guess it's just become ingrained in part of Washington's yeah. culture now, right? Mm-hmm. With mask wearing, and because of that, you don't really have to tell someone to wear a mask. They already know that the expectations exactly. there. And mm-hmm. if they don't, they feel that they are going against exactly. the culture. But in Utah, that's not necessarily yeah. the case yet. It's quite the opposite, really. And to give you an idea of that, when I was uh, when we were coming back from Washington D.C., we'd we'd been there for about a week, and we'd gotten into this, you know, generic uh, common sense of wearing that mask, social distancing. Even some of the people when we were out there for this passion project, some of the people we were interviewing with. Uh, we were having these interviews with and meeting up in person. They wanted to make sure that we were being precautious. They said, "Are we going to be able to be six feet apart? Um, is there going to be like sanitation? Like <laughs> all these crazy things?" Everybody showed up with a mask, and it wasn't until we were far enough away, distant away, after we'd set up everything, that they were able to take their mask off so that they could speak into the, you know, during the interview. So we'd been used to this entire mm-hmm. uh, custom of just the East Coast vibe. Came to Utah, and as soon as we landed, granted it was really late at night. Our like our flight landed very late, so uh, by the time we were really tired, I'll tell you. But by the time it landed, the airport was pretty empty here in Salt Lake in Utah. And as soon as we landed, I felt and I knew that we were back in Utah because my friend and I, my colleague, this other journalist, she and I were looking around and. About fifty percent, we topped it up at about fifty percent. If we had to put a number on it, fifty percent of people either had their mm-hmm. masks below their nose, which doesn't really cover um, your your entire face, right? I mean, <laughs> I find that hilarious. <laughs> like if you have it below your nose, might as well just not even wear one, right? <laughs> and then they either uh-huh. had it had it below their nose or they had completely taken it off, and nobody was enforcing it, which was really different than. Um, over, like I mentioned earlier, in DC, people were just kindly asking others to remind remind them about the mask and the social distancing. So, yeah, very different. Yeah, and I, I don't, I can't even begin. I, I don't know where to begin to, you know, try to understand as to why the two cultures are so different. Like, why are we doing so well as a community in Washington, as opposed to here in Utah? where it's closer to home right. but no one seems to like that the culture just isn't there and I, I to be honest when the pandemic was just starting I would have these occasions where uh, I would feel kind of awkward yes. wearing a mask I Me felt too. weird <laughs> and 
it, it's become much more the norm now yeah. but even then you know uh just scrolling through social media or something you'll see a lot of friend groups large friend groups that are just you know taking all these group pictures and it's really cute <laughs> and all but none of them right, are wearing masks right pictures, and <laughs> all those uh, holiday pictures <laughs> Yeah and like it it's no surprise that Utah is such a high transmission state because um, we're just not taking yeah. it as seriously. And I think to one really interesting thing that um I'm currently right now a senior reporter with the Daily Universe which is a student newspaper at BYU and we've been covering a lot of this obviously like I said naturally journalists are just kind of in the scope of things you hear about everything cuz you're wanting to get that story out and one of the things that our um, our team's been working on too is some stories about how earlier this year at the beginning of the semester there were these parties here in Utah called uh, by this company called Young Dumb which i personally i I've personally think the name is a little ironic and that's just me being not not <laughs> just me throwing the name out there because i think in my opinion i think it's it should be important thing to try to be careful and wear those masks but basically this group of um this company and it is a company by the way <laughs> this company young dumb was putting all, on all these parties for young adults here especially at the flood of the semester where everybody was coming back into Utah for school and for work and everything cuz it had been pretty dead silent throughout the rest or earlier during the year when i feel like everybody was still just pretty scared and nobody really knew exactly what was happening and so right when everybody right. starts coming back this company's like well and and granted i do want to make a preface here i do think that they have a point in i think their cause or the 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 reason why they wanted to put these parties on is like is is valid but i just personally don't think it's the best way to address the issue basically the owner um he said and some of the other people that were working in the company they were like well you know why young adult rates like suicide rates have skyrocketed within the last few months just because of the social distancing like you're away from your friends mm. maybe you are a student and you can't be with your friends and your family's not here all of just these factors coming in that have just made that suicide rate just skyrocket and so this man this guy the owner of this company which is also a student by the way he said you know i'm just trying to help young adults like be able to have more of that mental like mental freedom like be happier right now this is just such a gloomy time and i i see where he's coming from mm-hmm. right but i guess there's also just this question of like well is that the best way to do it is that the best way to try to help these young adults because um the cdc has and especially here in utah they've they've identified that the largest group of people that have had the most cases of coronavirus um recently right now has been young adults ranging ranging from like 18 to about 25 29 year olds and so it's really interesting because i mean granted it might just also be because there's this maybe just the pandemic blues right and the fact that you're just tired mm-hmm. of social distancing tired of like not being able to like be with your friends maybe you're going through a hard time so i can see that argument and it's pretty what do you think you know it's pretty confusing don't you yeah and you know it's, it feels like his motivations are you know on the right spot but you know the consequences are, consequences can just be absolutely devastating um uh i i feel for him and you know the i think suicide prevention is such a noble yeah. cause as well but um in in a scenario and in the world we live in today you know that's i, I 
I want to be careful in saying this, but um, I also don't want to be too worried about being politically yeah. correct. Uh, but I think in this scenario, you know, uh, the Young Dumb Corporation or LLC or whatever is probably uh, or should mm-hmm. be frowned upon um, just in the, you know, the methods that you know they're trying to promote uh, suicide prevention. I think suicide prevention is a noble cause, but I think there are good and bad yeah, ways to go I about agree. it. And I do think, you know, I was having even just a conversation with some friends the other day, and um, and even just uh, I'll preface this again just by saying something I learned with this passion project when I was in D.C. One of the interviewees we asked, we were interviewing. She said um, that, uh, and this project obviously it's it was specifically about. Uh, the election and the project name is intersection between religion and politics but i think something that this lady quoted translates directly into what i want to say here about mask wearing and she said that in order for her to know i guess in order to really know what um like what who to vote for or what causes to support politically and ways to like include or um, use religion in in regards to anything political is just also about priorities is what she said she said it's about like prioritizing you're never and she didn't really ever say specifically what i'm about to say right now but this is just how i interpret it because when she said about when she was talking about priorities i immediately thought about the pandemic too and i thought about this mask wearing and how right now I guess we have these two critical groups of people we've got um, being strongly affected. Everybody's being strongly affected, but two groups of people right now. We've got these young adults right now in Utah where those cases have skyrocketed and they're the ones probably honestly spreading the virus way more than other people. Not not to say that other people of age groups mm-hmm. aren't, but I mean, those are the, that's the main group of people, right? And you've got this group that's just probably, you know, depressed and wanting to be able to find some hope again and be happy again, which I understand it's hard, you know, pandemic, even just for me, the pandemic's been pretty tough. And then you've got this other group of people where you're like, well, what if I'm that high risk person? What if I'm that person that could really be affected by the pandemic and by by specifically just coronavirus, right? So you've got these two critical groups of people. Who do you prioritize, right? Do you prioritize those like vulnerable people with their immunity system and compromised immunity? Or do you or do you prioritize this group of people that's maybe also I don't I, I don't I haven't done any comparison with numbers here, but what if suicide rates are high enough that then you've got this other group of people that are at more risk than the other and it's an interesting thought that i have sure i'm not saying i have the solution and i'm not saying i know which group to prioritize and i'm not saying that that we do necessarily have to prioritize one or the other that's just i guess a thought that i had because maybe maybe and i don't think anybody's quite found it but maybe there is a solution that can kind of compromise for both groups but i'll tell you that's a billion dollar question Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I find kind of fascinating as I was hearing you talk about that was how we correlate suicide death rates with, uh, you know, social distancing. And, you know, it's, it's no surprise that that is the case. But what I find fascinating is the only solution that we present is we need, you know, we need those people can't be alone. They need yeah. other people to be around them. And I, I feel like it kind of opens up some room for inter- introspection. It might be an, a whole nother topic on its own, but you know, why is it that some people are so yeah. okay and thrive in these social distancing type environments while others just completely totally. fall apart? 
I'm sure there are some factors such as personality types and some psychological factors as well. But um, <laughs> for example, myself,、um, it's kind of embarrassing to admit this, but my lifestyle hasn't changed that much since social、Morbid、distancing and all that、again. began. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely.、Um, I, I just I'm I'm okay with being by myself、mm. and spending time、yeah. by myself, and.、Um, I I I definitely am not in a position to preach or to you know tell other people that you should be more like me. You should be okay yeah, with yourself. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I think there is some you know there, that's that's a miscorrelation that we see where、um, we treat suicide prevention.、Mm-hmm. We, we treat the result as having to be、yes. we got to throw these large parties or they have to keep、yes. hanging out with their friends. Does that make、mm-hmm. sense? The correlation that I, I, yeah, that that's、mm-hmm. really interesting thought that you bring up too because if we can identify that we are stuck maybe in this rut of thinking, the only way we can help、uh, with this. Huge increase of suicide rates in Utah with young adults right now. If we can get out of the rut of thinking, the only way to help that is to、um, do throw big gatherings and throw these parties. If we can get away from that and think, okay, and be aware that that's what we're thinking, then maybe we can open ourselves to other solutions. Maybe we can open our minds to other ways that we can、exactly. help those who are suffering from depression, from that anxiety, from. This this pandemic blue that's eerie in the air, and maybe that's where we can find that compromise. Yeah, that's exactly the thought I was trying to convey, and you articulated that a lot better than I did. But、um, yeah, it's it, I know、yes. that it's easier said <laughs> than done, but I feel like that's the direction that we should be, you know, slowly definitely, but surely、definitely. walking towards. I guess we'll see where we go, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and、um, with that, kind of along that topic, why do you think that it's our age group?、Uh, you know, the eighteen to twenty-nine year old age group. Why is it that, particularly amongst college students and high school kids, like, why is it so hard for this age group specifically to、oh, social well, distance? Oh well, first off, I think because Utah.、Um, I mean, we've got we've got just here in Utah County. We've got、uh, like UVU, we have BYU, and then a little further north, you've got、uh, Utah State, and you also have、uh, University of Utah, LDSBC, which is now Ensign College. I forgot to change the name; they just rebranded their brand. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, but that high concentration yeah, exactly, of campuses. High concentration of campuses, and and just students who, I mean, college is kind of like. This scene vibe of like at least, and、um, I, I, I do feel like it varies by university because typically I feel like people in UVU tend to the age tends to range a little bit more compared to BYU,、um, where you might have like that that mom or that dad that decide to go back to school, you know. Um, sure. So the ages、mm-hmm. kind of vary. I feel for UVU, not to say that there aren't young people, but at BYU, I feel that there are definitely a lot more.、Uh, there's more of that age group that's、uh, younger, and I feel like、uh, at that age, especially, there might not be that much stability in regards to maybe family.、Um, you might be looking to be social, so you can find somebody to date, find someone to, you know, your friends. If you maybe if you don't have a significant other, you're trying to still have a good time. Maybe your family's not here. Like, who are you gonna hang with? And and then you've got all these young adult wards where. 
uh, where you're trying to meet people. And granted, I know that some of those activities have stopped um, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, you know, those pretty big population here in Utah of members of the Latter-day faith. But um, I think it's just mm-hmm. naturally because of that, the fact that a lot of, of that age group is just not married and might be looking for those social interactions so that they can have um, those fulfilling uh, relationships, whether it be with just friends or a significant other. Absolutely. And admittedly, you know, uh, I'm married and there's, uh, I live with my in-laws. So, you know, I I have people to interact with at home, but I suppose, you know, those college students who don't have that family with them, they don't have a family to go back to. It can feel more, much more lonely for them. And uh, I guess that's a hard remedy to solve. I did, has BYU gone online? Are they still online? Or so it's what's been their a roller coaster like? ride for BYU this semester. <laughs> I do have to say, I thought that by now we would be all online, but um, you know, at the beginning of the semester when all of these parties were happening, about two weeks into the semester, BYU, so President Kevin J. Worthen, and also Astrid, President Astrid, and I don't remember if that's her last name or first name, but the president for for UVU. They both um, combined efforts to, to send an email to both UVU and BYU students and they basically said, hey, please like mm-hmm. help us with this cause and if we can't uh, lower these numbers of cases, of coronavirus cases, then we're probably, you know, within two weeks, we're going to have to take drastic measures and go all online. And I think that like definitely like maybe helped them right. open their eyes a little bit. And ever since then, I don't think we've really received any other big, huge email telling students to be careful. Not as big as the beginning of the semester, at least. But right now, we've somehow, because like I said, I thought we'd be online by now, but we somehow have made it um, throughout the entire semester without BYU coming out with a statement to say we're completely online now. Although, one thing I do have to say is that some classes... Um, and this is they're they're just personal classes so they're not specifically like i said it's not like a specific generic statement or official statement from byu but some classes and professors have decided to mm-hmm. move remotely due to like the number of students that were getting sick or the number of students that needed to be in quarantine because just to make 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 it clear here quarantine is when you have been exposed isolation is when you um when you have been sick and so when you're sick, you have to isolate. So it's just uh, interesting because professors started to see a decline rapidly uh, of the amount of in-person students that were actually attending class to the point where they were like, well, we might just switch this all online then. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> we might as well like make it online, right? Class, yeah. You know, and everybody has to go remote. Uh, so I think that it has also just been a matter mm-hmm. of each class is adapted and adjusted as needed. Um, personally, my classes have mostly all just been online from the get-go. I've had one or two classes that are like lab classes, but those are pretty um, flexible anyway. And I, at one point when people do have to, at any point, if they have had to isolate or quarantine, they just, just don't go to in-person class that day. So I guess the real question here is what's it going to look like for winter semester, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, we're, we are coming up on our time limit here. But one thing I wanted to um, kind of briefly discuss was this idea. I believe it was started it's somewhere in the UK, but it's about creating uh, COVID social bubbles. And the theory behind it was 
meeting 10 people and within those 10 people you kind of confine yourselves to those 10 people in other words they're not yeah. exposing themselves to more and more people and i think with you know the BYU environment it's very pro meet new people mm-hmm. make new friends which i think is great but in the yeah. context of covid <laughs> it's not so great but do you think like that's a probable idea or solution where you kind of create your social bubble you're seeing the same people just so that you know these college yeah. students don't have to go home alone <laughs> they at the very least have a chance to socialize and interact but they're doing it with the same mm-hmm. 10 or 15 or 20 people so that it's not going yeah. to keep spreading further and further yeah yeah is that so. i mean i think idea makes sense just the fact that i uh, you said it's the social social bubble was it i had i'd never heard of that before yeah. so that's mm-hmm. really interested interesting um uh, thought there and i do think that in some ways and i'm not going to lie um in some ways i feel like i've kind of done that in my personal life just because with my roommates being a student right now here at BYU i mean obviously my social bubble includes them because we live together we're a household um but it also includes like some right. other friends or um or colleagues of mine that i do see very often that um that i almost consider like part of that social bubble which i guess i didn't have a term for before but i know personally that's like something that i feel has um in some ways and and not to say that i feel like it's the best solution or it's not i i don't i don't really know and especially since i just uh, heard about it but i think it's interesting thought because for me personally as a person i feel like it it has worked and it has helped me know that okay i've limited my social circle um to these this many people and it doesn't could a few other people besides my roommates but at least i know that i can see someone that i'm not living with cuz even the people you live with you can sometimes go pretty hysterical <laughs> just seeing the same people every day right <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely yeah and with yeah and I, i totally agree with that but i i feel like if you know your roommates were to do the same thing where they were to see the same 10 people you were to say, see the same 10 people it would improve mm-hmm. contact tracing and it would simplify yeah. the process by quite a bit i'd imagine and um i think that it would could have a drastic effect in slowing covid down now what this means which is going to be very hard with a culture like BYU is it might put a damper or slow down you know dating and uh, meeting new people in that regard because you would be you know allowing someone to enter that uh, social bubble of yours but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's an incomplete yeah. theory but i feel that uh we we kind of need we're, we need to create more solutions as we've Definitely, kind of been idling yeah. for and the I last few right months here about the fact that we just got to create these new solutions i think it's a very much needed time for it and um it's kind of hard when everybody's just stuck in the same rut and that's and the thing about nowadays too anywhere you turn mm-hmm. all you can hear about is social dis- social distancing whether you're pro or against or mask wearing again whether you're pro or against like it's right. it's not just um on your cell phones or on the laptop or on social media it's also just the topic of conversation with the people you're with because it's not maybe it's a meme you saw that's like oh my gosh have you seen this meme oh my gosh have you seen or oh my gosh did you hear what what um this person said or guess what happened you know like it's just like the topic of discussion everywhere we turn now that i feel like because of that maybe sometimes it's kind of hard to look at different solutions and 
sometimes I feel like the best way to do to find those different solutions is to kind of silence everything for a little bit um, to give you a little break from everything you've been hearing and then try to approach it from with that fresh perspective yeah. which um, I guess maybe the best way to do that is just kind of block out um, social media for a little bit maybe you know um, don't really have the answer to that but I tend to find that, mm-hmm. that helps and hopefully like you said we can find those solutions because we need them yeah absolutely I couldn't agree with you more and uh, with the last touch on that social bubble concept I think that is a topic that I'm particularly interested in because it seems like you've already been applying it and I've been applying it in my own life as well and it's something that doesn't necessarily need to be mandated for those that are interested they can do it and if you're not and you don't agree with this whole social distancing thing then that's okay you can still interact with the people that you interact with but for those that want to be just a little safer then you are you know able to apply those kind of concepts into your life but um, I cannot thank you enough, Andrea, for uh, joining me on the show today. Um, I felt that I we agree, had a very yeah. productive conversation. And um, I would love to have you join uh, some other time of when course. I think of a, a new episode topic. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Saya.